Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Oklahoma Songwriters Podcast, where each week we find out just what makes our Oklahoma songwriters tick. If you've ever been interested in the process of how songs get written, or if you're a songwriter looking for tips and inspiration, then you are in the right place. I do one-on-one interviews with your favorite Oklahoma artists and dig into why and how they write their music. I'm your host, Jared Voluch, and I'm very, very happy you're here. Let's get started. All right, welcome to the Oklahoma Songwriters Podcast, and I am Jared Vluch, and today we are joined by Abigail Dawn. How's it going? <laughs> Was I supposed to say something there? <laughs> what? No, you don't have to say okay. anything. Good. I mean, say words eventually. Yeah. So how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to see you. I'm really excited to be a part of this project. It's been awesome listening. It's fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Getting to meet everybody. I've I've gotten to meet more people that I haven't had real conversations with that we've just, we're all in the same circle, but we don't always take the time to get to know each other. Yeah. And everyone's uh, always drunk. So <laughs> That is true. We live in a very drunken world. We live in a drunken society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Mm-hmm. So how was your trip down from the old, you know, Colorado area? It was interesting. Um, it, we, we hit a few bumps in the road. I, uh, I got strep. (laughs) Um, I'm still on, I'm finishing up antibiotics for that. And, um, we were supposed to fly out at like three 30 and ended up flying out about six 30. So seven 30 Oklahoma time. We got on the plane and the air conditioner was broken and yeah, they left us on there for an hour and I was like, I'm, I'm going to kill someone or everyone, depending. Don't tell yeah. the airlines I said that. <laughs> right. No. I, you just can't say bomb or something, right? Right. Right. <laughs> wink, wink. But no, <laughs> it was just not. Yeah. That tested my patience, but we were laughing by the end of it and got in and fell immediately asleep. So. I bet. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. Thankful for airplanes, I guess. Yeah, they're all right. I used to work on them. They're nothing special. Damn. <laughs> High and mighty there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This has been Jared Hates Airplanes. Next hour on NPR. Kind of do sometimes. Really? Yeah. That's weird. I didn't know that. It's a weird thing to... Is it I've, like the emissions or... Well, I've been on airplanes since I was... Uh, or flying on airplanes ever since I was like... I don't know, 10 or 11 or something. Really? Yeah. Parents got divorced, and then old Jared got to yeah. fly back and forth <laughs> between everywhere. Yeah. I like it. So I'm never, never excited to get on an airplane. Yeah, but th- that's the song waiting to happen, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, broken heart on an airplane. Broken heart on the airplane. On the airplane. Um, but yeah. So, hey, wait, how long have you been up in Colorado? We moved in April 1st. I think. Yeah. April 1st. Forever. So yeah, I, I came back for Norman Music Fest, um, and was here very, very briefly oh, and yes. visited and sang a little bit and saw some people then immediately went back. But right. yeah, it's a cool place to be. I bet it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of weed. There is a lot of weed up there. A lot of weed. People are real excited about it. Mm-hmm. Though you can't tell because they're high, so they're just like, weed, man. It's the best. It's the best. I'm so calm. You're like, why are you whispering, Mom? It's this weird. <laughs> Stop screaming. 
All right. Well, okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself for all of those people that do not know Abigail Dawn. Um, let's see. Okay. So I have a bit of an odd childhood, as you know. You know I'm very weird. You are. <clears throat> but it matches my weird. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's, that's why we're friends. I feel like we understand yeah. each other. Um, so I was raised in a log cabin in the middle of the woods about, we had a grocery store within like, I think it was like five, eight minute drive or something like that. Um, and two little convenience stores. And then that was it. And we could either drive like 30 miles into the heart of Norman, into Shawnee, into Midwest City, and that was that was our life. Sweet. Um, that sounds yeah. awesome now. Man, it was great. <laughs> no, I loved it as a kid. I wasn't like and it it's it's made me who I am too. Um I crave that. I want to get back to that. I want to build my own cabin in the woods. Um but yeah, so we were it was just me and my older sister and we were homeschooled and she didn't love it. I loved it. I feel like the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. Oh yeah, you and your sister are like two different personalities. Day and night. I'm shocked that she's not more of a performer and that I'm not more of like a serial killer. Your introversion has acted as a compressor for your art. <laughs> That's I like that, yeah. That's a good way to put that. Sounds really good. Yeah, those are big words. <laughs> I strung all those together. Wow, oh. you said all that. I did. But yeah, no, that's 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 it. I like it. Yeah. So when did you? Now you grew up in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then when did you venture to the big city of Norman? <laughs> we actually didn't move in until I was about, I think I was 17 when we moved in. Okay. Yeah. So it was pretty much grown and. And that's when you started, is that when you actually started like playing out or start or started getting into it? Kind of. Um, I tried when I was 17, I actually had health problems in high school that kind of stopped me and I've always had a lot of anxiety and stuff like that. And I have really, really bad stage fright too. So all of that combined was not helpful, but I tried when I was 17. I went to, um, this Norman songwriters group called Swan. Oh yes. Yeah. And they were all super supportive and so sweet and everyone was very quiet and listened and talked to me about my songs. But I, I think I only performed there maybe once when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it just made me so sick. Like I, I would throw up before performances and couldn't eat the whole day. And it was really, really bad for me. So you're like Eminem and eight mile. Uh, yep. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. I'm rough and around the edges. Yeah. He's a rapper. He was a very, very nervous guy apparently. But you know, we're tough like that. Like, yeah, you gotta be. Yeah. Let's not cross eight mile road. Eight miles. You gotta yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I only did that once. And then um, took a step back until I was about 21 and tried to force myself to do it again and really had to force myself. And that's when it started to actually happen. Nice. Yeah. So when did you start singing then? Because for for all those folks out there that will be hearing your song at the end of this episode, which the title of is... 23. 23. Yeah. Um, One of the things that 
everybody notices first off about you is your voice. And it's got a very, very smooth, um, beautiful kind of jazzy quality to it. Mm. And when did you start singing then? Because that's the thing, like, from the first moment I heard you, that was what just, you have the voice of somebody who's been doing it forever. Mm -hmm. I have. Um, growing up in the middle of the country, it's really fun because you can scream and no one will hear you. Which you can say Every that. Every horror yeah. film I've ever seen. Exactly. Yeah. Any tone that you want to pick, you can, you can, that can mean different things. Um, but we, as kids, my mom never told us to be quiet. Like we could just run around the house and she would just shoo us outside if we were being too loud or she was on the phone or something. And we could just scream and just use our voices. And so I would sing all the time. And we have recordings of when I was three years old and we had this old big boxy tape recorder and I would record little songs that I was just making up while I was like sitting there playing. And we have recordings from when I was three, nice. just singing. And I remember when I was maybe, I couldn't have even been a preteen, maybe 10, maybe 11. I found an Etta James CD mm. um, and fell in love with that. And it was when her voice was getting rougher and when she was aging it was Blue Gardenia. And, um, so unfair. I found Green Day. I was going to say Nickelback. Yeah, like, I, didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I had to wait a long time before I found like quality vocalists because I had no yeah. idea. I'm like, yeah. yeah, let's do scream pop punk. Yeah. But I mean, it was an accident. It was a total accident. And nobody said, hey, this is good music. Um, I just found it and we were raised pretty religious and we only listened to Christian music. And I honestly wasn't that into it. Mm. I didn't connect with the songs that I heard. Um, I didn't feel like I wanted to embody any of that. It wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't me, you know? And so when I heard that, um, that particular album, it just really spoke to me as something different. And yeah. I listened to it a few times and I went back and forth between that and the uh, Disney greatest hits. <laughs> 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 I can go the distance and like oh, back and forth. That's and, my jam right, right there. That's it, man. Put that on in the morning. You're ready to go. But my sister wanted to throttle me. She's like, what's <laughs> wrong with you? Why are you like this? And I mean, from there, I took lessons um, later on in like my later high school years from Jay Wilkinson at OU to private lessons. Yeah. Private vocal lessons from him for like, I think two years on and off. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I love Jay so much. How did I not know this? Oh, okay. He's, he's been such an influence to me. Like he's the person that looked yeah. me in the eye and was like, you're a bad person if you don't sing publicly. And I hated him for that. If Jay ever listens to this, which he probably won't. But yeah, maybe not. But, <laughs> he probably yeah. won't, but still. I hated it. I was like, that's so mean. How could you put that pressure on me? But yeah. I look back on that, and that's one of the warmest things anyone can say. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely love Jay Wilkinson. And uh, for anybody uh, in the School of Music um, that's hearing this right now, this happened a long time ago, so you can't get, he can't get in trouble for it now, I don't think. <laughs> But, uh, uh -oh. he, and it wasn't a big deal, but he literally, uh, he let me play in the jazz band. He just let me play. Yeah. It wasn't a thing where I, I was not in the class. Like how old were you? Uh, this was right out of high school. When I first got into OU, I was there 
like and paid for my class to be in jazz band that mm. first semester. Yeah. Well, I dropped out and went overseas. Yeah. Because I joined the military yeah. and I came back and I was just, I was in a state of like, I just needed something back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. being home from a war zone was a really weird headspace to be in. Mm-hmm. And I needed some kind of normalcy. Mm-hmm. And I think he just, he knew that he, he, he saw the desire for musically in me and he just, he let me play without even being enrolled in school yeah. at OU. He let me play in the, the band. And, uh, I will forever be grateful for that because I just, at that time, especially I just needed that. And he may not be aware of that at all, that yeah. how badly I needed it. Yeah. Um, but he was just, Hey, come on in, man. Yeah. Play. Yeah. That's something magical that he, he does. I think he can sense in his students and friends and colleagues and and just other people. I think he's an artist at the core. Yeah. He just wants people to be better. If they want to be better, he wants to make you better. And like as a person, not just as an artist, he's like, Hey, you have something. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. You know, so inspiring. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know you were affiliated too. Yeah. It's It's neat. Weird deal. I love that. Yeah, it's a small, small town. Let's send this to him. We will. With like like something creepy. Let's put it on his doorstep. Mm. Like for you on a Valentine with a cake. Yeah. And a lock of, well, not a lock of my hair so much. But <laughs> <laughs> at one point in time, I could do that. Ben's hair. Yes. A little bit of dog hair. Just a sprig. It'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were making little baby songs at the age of three mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, that's annoying, isn't it? <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, you got a hell of a jump on me. <laughs> you Maybe you started writing songs at the same time I did, now that I think about it. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> you are pretty old. I'm pretty old. When did you start writing songs? Um, I was probably 15 or 16 okay. when I actually wrote like my first real song. Yeah. Because before that, all I ever did was like I would write poetry or I would mm-hmm. write or I would journal, things like that. And I would sing songs I knew. Yeah. But I never put two and two together. Um, I was an instrumentalist and I didn't really think about like writing my own material for a long time. It wasn't even something that was in my head necessarily. Yeah. I would just sing. I would definitely sing melodies, make up things. But I, I wouldn't put pen to paper and be like, I'm going to write this concept and carry this idea through. Yeah. Until I was probably 15 or 16 years old. Did someone have to tell you to do it? No. From the moment I picked up guitar, I knew that I needed, I wanted to write my own songs. I probably learned like four songs that were not my songs. And before I was like, I'm writing my own material. I don't care about learning Jimi Hendrix and, Mm -hmm. you know, all these other songs. I was, I was like, I just give me the chords and I'm going to write something because I've got some stuff to say. Yeah. So, which actually takes me to my next point. Like at three years old, you probably didn't have a lot of life experience to pull from, but when did you, when you started writing like full on songs and stuff, like what was the fuel for that? Like what, uh, what inspired you? I mean, most of us angst, but (laughs) I mean, same old, same, like partially angst, partially boredom. Uh, Mm. there was not a lot to do out there. We were limited with our television channels and limited with our television time. We, I read a lot of books. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird progression how all that worked for me because I have always been 
a daydreamer and lived in my own little world and been kind of weird. And, you know, I tell jokes that other people don't think are funny. And then I have to go and laugh for like five minutes until, and then I remember it and I laugh mm-hmm. again, <laughs> you know, beautiful moments. Yeah. They're interesting times, mm-hmm. but I've always been like this and weirdly, okay. A huge part of my life was Barbie's. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I had, at one point I had 78 Barbie dolls. Yeah. And we would buy them used and we would trade them and we would collect them and we would, any allowance we got, we'd go get new Barbies. And I played with them until I was probably a bit too old to be playing with Barbies. Mm. Yeah. It's, it happens. It's a whole thing. Next episode on my strange addiction. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, but. It was a hard day in college today. <laughs> <laughs> when they found my Barbies. And they said, Jared, what are you doing with these parties? Whoa. <laughs> Secrets out. I wish you'd just talk to me. I just, <laughs> just be my friend. Yeah. This is my Barbie. I practice my social skills. Yeah. No, but. So what they were for me was storytelling. And I had all these like. I would sort of put on plays with the Barbies as they got older. And it wasn't just like, oh, hi, hello, hi, hello. <clears throat> and it became these stories that I was no longer satisfied with and I, I wanted to like share and I wanted to immortalize them. And I just, mm. so then I started writing novels when I was 13. So I wrote a Golly, novel. My niece is that way. Oh no. Watch her. <laughs> Be careful. Yes. Seriously. Very, very intelligent young woman. Oh no. That's mm-hmm. dangerous. We, <laughs> that was <laughs> the most dangerous thing on the planet. <laughs> That's terrifying. She's either going to be crazy or... She would probably argue that she's a little off, but she loves that about herself. Same. Same here. I get it. Yeah. It's a good thing to celebrate. It is. Yeah. Individuality. So I went from playing Barbies to writing novels. I wrote a novel about um, vampires, naturally, because I was about 13. I was 14 yeah. when I finished it. It was right as it was cool. Kind of. Yeah. Maybe it was making its way mm -hmm. into being cool. It was right when it was being cool and it was a really, really bad book and it was not cohesive at all. And you would like turn the page and be like, oh, this is a brand new character that we didn't know about. (laughs) Something's (laughs) happening. Like, what is that name? Stuff. The the misspellings, the grammar. It was not a good book. And I love that I did it. And I love that I did that and started doing that. So from novels, I kind of started songwriting at around the same time. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It just became like I would be unfulfilled at the computer click clacking away after school. And so I we had a keyboard and I started on keyboard and I would write. um, I also did poetry and I would kind of like write these little songs and play really poorly and keyboard didn't fit me at all. It still doesn't. It's a little too low key. Like, uh, yeah, I get that. Mm hmm. <clears throat> so, um, tried keyboard, did some poetry. You're good. We're pausing. Drink some, drink some water. That actually, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I've always felt your writing is, and not just musically, um, two things that I've always enjoyed about you is your desire to go beyond you know, uh, G, C, D, (laughs) um, and also your, your actual lyric writing is something that 
Like I, and no offense to anybody out there. There aren't a lot of people that I, I feel like I'm jealous of, or, mm, you know, that yeah. I, that I look up to a little bit yeah. and you're, and it kills me that you're younger than me. Um, but your lyric writing, I've always just, it's just, it's like gravity. I mm. really enjoy your lyrics and they always Thank kind you. of pull me in. Um, Thank you. And it, and it makes all the sense in the world that you've been, that you started writing novels that you were, you know, that inspired that young yeah. and writing poetry. I wrote poetry, but it was, well, I'm sure everybody's first poetry is garbage, but still like I, I wrote, but I didn't write that much. I didn't write, you know, I didn't try to write novels or anything. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome though. I love that. Thank you. But yeah, it, it became, when lyrics have always been the part that I'm the most drawn to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been, and I, th- I think that's why we talk about teenage angst and we talk about angst as a songwriter is because collectively almost every songwriter will tell you I write because I have something to say. And I think that's why we've all had such sort of odd stories sometimes or really, really hard things. A lot of songwriters have depression. A lot of songwriters have Mm. anxiety. Um, Artists just do. But I think it's because we have something to say and we never knew how to say it. So we've all kind of self-destructed in different ways. And that was my way of like, and I, I still do it all. I still write poetry. I still journal. I still write novels and I still write songs. And it's like, I have to have all of those things. And when I'm not keeping up, I feel it. I notice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure it like backs up. Like, mm-hmm. I, Is it the same for you? It is. Uh, my mind starts to race more and more and I get trapped Yeah. in uh, cycled thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like you can't make sense of your own thoughts unless you write them down. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And writing, I've been trying like mad to journal more and, uh, Actually, as far as a writer, that's a huge tip for songwriters out there is if you don't, if you don't free write, if Mm -hmm. you don't just write a journal, keep something where you're just don't and and use it as like truly free write. Don't Mm -hmm. just do stream of conscious because that's, that's a big deal for me because then that's when I, that's also when I find my truths Mm -hmm. about myself and what I need to fix in my life. Because usually, I don't know, we're all pretty introspective, I would imagine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I definitely have to write and more so lately I have finally been picking up reading actual poets. I never did a lot of that. Um, I mostly would read junk, you know, whatever it was, some fictitious story that was based on not even anything close to reality because I mostly hate reality. Yeah, no, that's fair. (laughs) It sounds like you're a songwriter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's fair. And that's a thing too, reading, okay. taking information in, uh, free writing is a huge, it, it helps me a lot. Like you have to just be honest. You have to just be honest. Even if, even if you hate what you wrote down, even if you hate yourself after you wrote it down, even if you have to burn the page so nobody else sees it and arrests you for being creepy, you have to be honest. Right. Mm-hmm. So actually... That kind of, I think I might start including this question you just gave me. Uh, so we all write because we have something that we want to say mm-hmm. overall. I mean, I know every, we all have different stories, but what is, do you have like an overall message that you desire to say to people that you try to get across? 
That's deep, man. It is very deep, so. It's deep. You said you were going to ask me about DMT, and here it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. We're diving. Um, even though all of my songs are about other people, well, I can't say that. I'm, I'm now coming into a time in my life where I am writing songs to myself, mm-hmm. and I think that was always the goal. I don't think it was ever to communicate with other people. I think it was always to look inside myself and figure out what is in there. Um, yeah. You're going to go home and have revelations. I am going to go home and smoke a bunch of weed and think about this. <laughs> you just caught me off guard. Yeah. No, that's a really good question. Can yeah. I, can I ask it back? Sure. Yeah. And bounce that back. That's a tough, Yeah. Um, I think with all of my music, there are two different versions of Jared that most people didn't get to know the old version of Jared. Uh, the old version of myself was, you know, uh, stuck in substance abuse. Mm -hmm. And that was, I, I wrote about a lot of angst and I wrote about a lot of problems and a lot of anger and fear and sadness, Mm -hmm. uh, all which was fueled by my own things, my own you know, uh, my past as well. I went growing up, went through divorces and, uh, with my parents and then just a a lot of weird, uh, scenes in the home. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a lot of that stuck with me and I was trying to work through that at that time. But once I got kind of clean and I got my, I found my way back to music and I no longer wanted to write sad songs. Mm -hmm. I no longer wanted to write songs that were just sad. You know, I wanted there to be something at the core that even if you, people that listen to my songs, I don't want them to hear something sad. I want them to hear a, a quiet strength yeah. in the message Yeah. Um, because that's what it's about now for me. I want to put something positive out into the world um, and not anything that says, hey, be happy, but more no. of fight for the real truths in this world. I wrote a song not too long ago called Life I'm Proud Of. And the whole point of the the song is just to remind you that every single person on this planet is trying to live a life that they're proud of. We're all who the guy that cut you off in traffic, the the woman that, you know, um, got in front of you in line at whatever it is or nobody's doing anything to anyone. Mm -hmm. People are doing things for themselves and for the people in their lives. Nobody's meaning to step on anyone's toes and it's it's painful and difficult to to remember those things in the moment. But like, that's, that's what I want my songs to convey. Like those beautiful moments, the truths, which we all want that, but I'm just tired of focusing on the things that were bad in my life that shaped me because they don't define me. Mm. What I do, I'm finally in that second half of my life where I get to choose what I'm putting out into the world. And I don't want to put out in the world that, you know, you don't have to know that, you know, uh, my, I wrestled my father off of my stepmother in the middle of the living room. I, I used to, you know, try to turn my music up as loud as I possibly could to stop the screaming and the fighting Mm -hmm. that was going on around me and to keep it out of my room. I used to drink and do drugs to block out their shouting and mm-hmm. their violence all the time when I was a teenager. 
that stuff happened, but I'm at a point in my life where I can, I'm trying to erase it Mm. with good. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to take the pain that was pushed into my life and turn it into something positive for other people and not necessarily just by relating and giving those stories, but just saying like, man, let's, let's value the things that are worth valuing. Yeah. Cause if you have a good mother, love her and show her appreciation. If you have a good father, love him, show him appreciation, Mm -hmm. be a good family member. Mm -hmm. Don't add negativity into this world. If you can at all help it, you know, it's the only way to change anything is to just start with yourself. And that's something I, I think I've told you this before. If I haven't, then I've been kind of a bad friend and I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but like, I think when, when I hear your songs, any of your songs, I hear hope in them. I don't listen and say, oh, that's a happy song. Or, oh, that's a sad song. There is always in all of your songs, there is always an element of hope and it feels very purposeful and it feels very authentic and it's always there. So all of that makes total sense and ties in completely. There is always a hopefulness. Nice. Yeah. I never really, I don't think about it. Yeah. I, I always push for it, but yeah, no, it's there. It really is. Well, good. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. I yeah. Mean, it's saved. Music has saved all of our lives in one way or another. And to be able to do anything that might help somebody else is all that this is really about. If you're not trying to help somebody else, then you're wasting your life. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's just how I've always, that's not how I've always seen it, but that's how I see it now. Yeah. Um, so you kind of talked about it already. Um, but so songwriting for you, is it, I mean, I guess it's therapy too. Mm-hmm. It's not just you're writing stories to yourself, but mm-hmm. it's also a way to kind of get that whatever's in your heart out on paper and, it's always nice to be able to turn it into something beautiful. Definitely. That's, that's a really good way to put that. Cause I, I mean, people, if, if anyone is familiar with my music, um, they're not surprised when I say I write a lot of sad songs. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> not surprised. No, but I never, I never sit down and say, Oh, I'm, I'm going to write a sad song. I want to make people sad. Like Nobody a gets, joke Yeah, about no one it. gets jazzed to write yeah, a sad like, song. I'm going to be sad. Depression, anyone? Don't mind if I do. <laughs> I'll take two. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's it's therapeutic, and it helps me function as a semi-normal person. <laughs> I get that. It's like yeah. taking a big gulp of air before you dive back below the surface. Exactly. <laughs> and people will come up to me at shows and say, like, you write such like I've had I've had people come up and say, "Are you okay?" <laughs> like, put their hands on my shoulders and just be like, "Honey, are you like?" Especially older people will do it. They'll be like, "Sweetheart, are you okay?" <laughs> like, do, do you need to get somewhere? Yeah, <laughs> like no, <laughs> but it's unrelated. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. But yeah, it just helps you. It helps. It helps with life. It's therapeutic. It's storytelling. It's artistic. It's just once you start writing songs and once it's inside of you, it's hard to, it's hard to do anything else. Yeah. You know, it's hard to stop. And I feel like we get to a point where I do, where I don't really think about it. 
and maybe that makes me sound egotistical to if people are like, what are you thinking? What are, what are the, what are, you know, what are the points? What, how do you piece this together? How does this go together? And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. And that either oh, makes yeah. me sound egotistical or really dumb. <laughs> I don't know. Neither. Uh, maybe the people that don't quite understand, but it's, yeah. songwriting has always been a process for me of continually sharpening a blade. Yeah. And by the time you get it, to a super fine point, you're not quite sure how you got there, except yeah. you just kept going over it and over it. Mm-hmm. And, and it over becomes it. second nature, that motion mm-hmm. that like you still have to take that time and turn off your phone and do it. Mm-hmm. You still have to sit down and make yourself do it, but it becomes something that is a part of you. And that's how it is for me. Yeah. yeah. It's something I wish there are times when I wish that I could stop because music has uh definitely taken things out of my life just as easily as it has brought things in. <laughs> so do uh, elaborate the juicy details. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Anybody who's ever dated an artist can understand <laughs> what it's like to continually be in second place. Yep. Have you seen the thing going around on Facebook? The date in Oklahoma songwriter. I don't know who originally posted it, but oh, everybody's sharing uh, it. And then break up with break them. Their, <laughs> break their heart. And everyone's like, no, just write happy songs. Like, mm. Fuck you, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Carol's always an asshole. Oh, she wants to speak to your manager. She does. She does. God. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's rough. It is. Mine was a Karen. Karens are notorious. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't think Karens are... I've never known a Karen that wasn't 35 and bitter. Mm-hmm. So, like, dry martini bitter. <laughs> like, extra dry martini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's craziness. <laughs> now that we're through the hatred. Uh, what is Abigail's songwriting process? And that can include, I mean, like anything from I have to load up a bowl or I have to have a coffee or I mean, personally, I write the majority of my songs between 6 a.m. And 10 a.m. Holy shit. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it's from years of uh, working at Tinker. Oh, okay. Waking up, being on the clock from 6 to 10 and mm-hmm. just that's that fresh point in the day. Yeah. People that write late at night, I just can't quite get there. Yeah. I used to write it right late whenever I was drinking mm-hmm. and all that stuff because mm-hmm. your brain's kind of going. Yeah. Yeah, it, it keeps you going for sure. Yeah. But if you're already awake and stimulated in the morning, I totally get that. Yeah, it's my freshest, most cognitive time of the day. <laughs> no wonder. Out. I've never seen you first thing in the morning. I get it yeah, now. I, I get out. you. I'm busy. I understand. <laughs> Just the the vague, the vacancy in your eyes. I get glossy eyed yeah, come I see 8, it now. 8 p.m. Yeah. For sure. Just thought you were just old and tired. Mm. <laughs> What are you staring at? You just stare off into the distance. Look at that thousand yard stare. Man. Like, <laughs> You're just thinking about the past when I was young. When I was young. When I had life in me before I started writing songs. <laughs> yes. I do. I feel I want to be that old man that's like writing. Be Bob Moore. <laughs> yeah. Aw. Bob Moore with the dreads. Mm-hmm. I want to cut one of them off and keep them. Oof. Do it like a voodoo doll. Hey. I bet he'd let you. I, he wouldn't know. He doesn't he, have to yeah, know. He, <laughs> Sneak up behind him. <laughs> Nobody needs to. Hey, if anybody tells him, 
that I stole one of his dreads. Just don't. Don't tell him. Just, no. Just, I'm going to stuff a pillow. Just keep it between us. It's just between us, Jared. Why is it so creepy to whisper into a microphone? <laughs> I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what was it we were saying earlier that could be creepy or could be oh, sweet? Man. I'm the old guy here. I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no one can hear you scream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was what I watched last night on Netflix was, uh, it was about, they like found this log cabin out in the middle of the woods. And I was like, you would love to be in a log cabin, you freak. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I've got a cleaver tattoo. I'm ready. I'm ready. You're good to go. I'm yep. good. But okay. Songwriting process. Um, oh yeah. That too. Uh, coffee and solitude. I can write with other people, but it's usually just pieced together and it's not as personal. Yeah. We yeah. tried that once. Yeah, it's hard. I think it, I, I talked about that on like when I was talking about with other songwriters on yeah. this, I, I talk about trying to um, co-write. Yeah. And it's so hard. It's hard. Like we came up with a pretty yeah. good song. Oh yeah. We, we did. But we just lost the mojo. Like we just, <laughs> just so well, we started giggling and like talking and hanging out. Yeah. And then I think we ate pizza. Yeah. <laughs> just like, do well, we have to keep, do we have to yeah. like. Let's just go walk. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's just, go climb a tree. Let's do that instead. And yeah. But no, I can't, I can't write when I'm high at all. Um, yeah, I never could really function. My brain just didn't operate right. No, I weed. just get giggly and think the weirdest thoughts. And nobody wants to hear a song from a stoner, from me specifically as a stoner. Nobody needs that. Like, nobody needs that. The other day. Oh, well, yeah. Nobody. I don't know that many people who get real high and then actually write songs. Because you, like you're Bob not Marley thinking. Did. Like, you're not like. You're not. You're not going to do it. <laughs> like, I have a thought. <laughs> That dark chocolate and milk chocolate is like espresso and latte. <laughs> and I laughed for half an hour. <laughs> that is and magic. I was like, that's crazy. That's crazy. And Kiel was like, no, it's not. <laughs> Stop. If you wrote a song <laughs> called. <laughs> Dude, you could do it. I think you should do it. It'd be a reggae song for yeah. sure. If. On a ukulele. If Mike Hosty can write. Song. Oh my god! About mac and cheese. <laughs> Mike Hosty can write. I'll just he give can him write that a song idea. about it. Yeah, he I'll can do anything. But like, still, I can't. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw him when I was uh, your age. <laughs> and many years ago. Many years ago. In a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, he didn't have gray hair then. Damn. Neither did I. Uh, <laughs> but I remember I saw him at the deli, and he, I. The entire bar was screaming, eat your mac and cheese. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like everybody is just losing their minds. It was a sight to behold. And it really, really affected the way I, I perceived writing from that point forward. I was like, people, like he knew how to work that crowd. He wrote a song that he knew people would absolutely love. Yeah. And that's some, that was when I started kind of getting obsessed with the, the four chord formula, the, the Taylor Swift's of the world, mm -hmm. the, and what people were doing. Um, and cause I think even that song was like a 12 bar blues. Yeah. And I was like, people love what they know. Yeah. And you give it a funny, lighthearted message and yeah. they're all about it. Cause yeah. most people go out to see live music. They want to see something lighthearted, mm -hmm. you know, and that was what I started to discover. 
it was uh, another 10 years before I ever wrote anything that was lighthearted. But yeah. Yeah, because you were at the point where you're like, no, I'm going to write what matters to me, and I'm going to play it, and you're going to listen. And yeah. Or you won't, and I don't care. I don't care. I'll be poor. It's fine. Right. Yeah. No, Hosties. Oh, my God. Yeah. That dude is phenomenal. Yeah. When he I hear the stuff they've done now, like some of his most recent stuff, I'm just like, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to this forever. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. And he's so nice, too. I remember when I first started playing at the deli. He like talked to me and I was like, oh, he's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I've, I've, I'm so bad about that. I did that with Kyle and <laughs> he knows I was like, <laughs> Kyle Reed's talking to me. <laughs> and he's like, what, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a girl in the world. The just a wild child in the woods. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I need to, I haven't met many people. I don't know people. What is what? There are others like me. Apparently. <laughs> so mu- uh, coffee and then nothing. Coffee and nothingness. Yeah, coffee. Um, I mean, stereotypical rainy days. I really like rainy rainy days, snowy yeah. days, being <laughs> home alone. You posted a lot of stuff about rainy days. Yep, I just love rainy days, man. They're chill. It's that white noise. It does feel good. Yeah. This morning was really pretty chill once it finally quit raining mm-hmm. it was intense last night i kept waking up i'm surprised there were no tornadoes last night yeah were there? i don't think I so i haven't heard anything fences were fine yeah fences everything's still there <laughs> trampoline's still there i guess we're fine it's all good oh i've missed oklahoma mm. crazy bastards it is we're all a bunch of weirdos yeah it's people ask me about it all the time in denver they're like are there real there are really tornadoes like I don't, yeah. They're like, what's that like? I'm like, well, I mean, what do you think it's like? And they're like, <laughs> I think it's really scary. And I'm like, no, we have to yell at my dad to get off the roof. He'll climb up on the roof with a beer and sit there and watch the naders. Like, dad, get off the roof. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, I mean, we got to have some kind of entertainment. We write sad songs and watch naders. Yeah. That's it. Tip cows. I would have never gotten a storm shelter if it hadn't been for my ex-fiance <laughs> <laughs> she didn't she, she wasn't, wasn't into it, it. yeah, yeah. She, was, she was from pennsylvania and oh lord she had no idea about that kind of stuff here i was like we're gonna be fine yeah it's okay or we're not or we're really not <laughs> like there's no yeah worst case scenario you're you know a thousand feet in the air yeah make your peace and it's over <laughs> make your peace and open a beer enjoy <laughs> the ride man yeah we yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about something. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> We've gotten sidetracked so many times. It's fun. It's really easy to do. I know. I love it. Um, ooh, that's a good question for you. I'm scared. Because this involves some introspection. Oh, no. Uh, what part of your writing process do you think is like most interesting maybe even different than the way other people write I would have to say it is that I will often write a song completely silently so um sometimes I have a guitar and a melody and 
lyrics and a story and a page and a pen and I'm going and I'm playing and writing and playing and writing and humming and, you know, shut up, leave me alone, I'm writing and all that. <laughs> but then sometimes I get an idea and I get a melody in my head and I sit the guitar down and I will write an entire song just without without humming anything, without playing anything. I'll just play like, I'll get a concept or something and just all you can hear is the scribbling of the pen. And from start to finish, I will silently write the whole song and I just have it going in my head. And I think maybe that's weird. That is a little weird. Yeah. I've probably done some stuff, but it's once something's already established. Yeah. Like when you already have like a melody or. Yeah. Like I'll already yeah. have some, some kind of musical idea and then I'll be, then I know my syllables and I know my rhythms. And so I, I know what it's going to sound like even in my head. Yeah. But no, not like just here we are. <laughs> yeah. Just like silent, just complete dead silence and just. Yeah. I only came. No. Yeah. I don't think I've ever really done that. I've written, I've written words, I've written lyrics before and then years later use those mm-hmm. lyrics and yeah, put yeah. them to something, but yeah. I've never, that's pretty interesting. I like that. It's like the ones that are real I'm gonna, neurotic. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try it and then I'm going to send it to you and no Do one it. else. Do it. Whisper it's going to be awful. Whisper it. <laughs> so whisper the whole song. I wrote this silently. There's a hole in my sock. <laughs> Is that the title or the first line? Or That's probably the tag. <laughs> <laughs> it's a country song, isn't it? Maybe. Wife left you, dog died, truck got stolen. There's a hole in your sock. There's a hole in my, <laughs> fucking, hole in my fucking sock, man. <laughs> that is good. That's good material. Oh, that's a country song. If uh, yeah, if anybody wants to write that song, feel free. You can you can have you that. can have it. It's a hole in my sock. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep, I think I will try that. I think everybody should try that. Try to write a song completely silently. Um, ooh, you are someone that has, I mean, you, you, you have a, a big jazzy quality to the way you sing. Mm-hmm. So this may be a little bit different for you. Uh, but what are you looking for whenever you, when you hear that melody that you like, like what, what are you looking for when you're, when you're forming your melodies? <clears throat> I think um, if I remember the melody, if it sticks with me, if I don't have to keep rummaging around in my head for it, mm-hmm. or if I write down a little a little line with a melody and I leave and go do the dishes or something and it's in my head, if I like it and if I can remember it, I know it's good and I know I want to keep it. If I don't like it, I don't use it. I don't have any melodies that I don't like unless I've just got to say something. I've got to finish that song. I've got to get it out. It has to be these words. It has to be these words and I don't, and the rest is just a mess. So I'll write it down. I'll put the bad melody to it, but it's those songs that I forget exist. Mm. You know, we've got those songs where we'll open up a songbook and some songs were just meant to be written. Yeah. That's it. Totally. Absolutely. Like they, they, they need to stay there Yeah. for whatever reason because they're bad. They need to stay well, there. Well, yeah, there's that too. If yeah. I, yeah. If I, if I ever write a song that's awesome, I sing it. But yeah. there are songs that you wrote them simply because they needed to be written. Yeah. 
thoughts and emotions and things like, cause I'll get a thought out and then I'll just, or I'll write it all out and then I'll be like, cause sometimes it's like poison. There mm -hmm. are, there are thoughts in people's brains that are poison to them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like getting it, it's just like getting it out of your system and then you put it down on paper or you, and you sing through it and you get through the emotion of it. And then it's just, this is not something that should ever be seen by the, yeah. you know, anyone because of this is just poison right here. Or, you know, yeah. cause I've had those thoughts of, and it's usually like, cause we all battle our own selfishness. We all battle mm -hmm. our own greed and all these things. And so it's like, when you get frustrated, you need to get some of that out. Yeah. And not everybody, you know, if anyone besides your best friend heard it or your significant other heard it, they would be like, uh, yeah, what the hell is wrong with you? What's, wrong with what's going on in there? Yeah. I'm going to take a little trip mm -hmm. to the hospital. Yeah. But no, or you can just, you get it out and your brain is done. Mm -hmm. You forget like that. You, you wrote a song, but it was actually journaling. You exactly. just needed to say it. And then um, am I boring you? It's, it's nap time. <laughs> I'm old. I haven't had my nap today. Is that what you were staring off in the distance earlier? You were thinking about going to sleep? No, but I am now. God, asshole. Dude, I love sleep more than anything. No, I get it. Have you seen that meme going across? It's like, uh, everything is just an obstacle stopping you from taking a nap. <laughs> everything in your life or whatever. I forget what it is. I'm shocked that you know what memes are. Hey, whoa. Hey. It took a while. Shots fired. Meme. What is it? Mimi. <laughs> Mimi. <laughs> I remember when I really saw that word. I was like, when the fuck did memes become a thing? The question is, is it GIF or GIF? Mm. That's the question. Yeah. I call them GIFs. I call them GIFs. You would. <laughs> what you absolutely that mean? would. What does that say about me? What do you mean I would? It says everything that I ever <laughs> suspected. <laughs> My bio from this point on is just, she calls them GIFs. Yep. Period. GIF. That's it. Done. Abigail Dawn calls them GIFs. <laughs> like the peanut butter. <laughs> it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so let's, let's talk about 23. Okay. Your song, 23. Mm -hmm. Take us through, uh the writing process in and of itself. When did you write that song? How old were you? <laughs> it was 22. Mm. No, I was 23. I don't remember writing it. <laughs> nice. And that's not for any fun reason. Um, I don't know. There's, so you talk about your life in like fractions. You say like you're in the second part, right? You're in the second mm -hmm. half of your life. You turned a corner, you know, when that moment was, and this is book two, this is volume two, chapter two, whatever you want to call it. And for me, I feel like my songwriting goes through chapters like that. <clears throat> and I'm in, um, I'm in a chapter of my songwriting where everything that I'm coming out with right now is about change and is about moving and is about letting go and moving on and growing up. I have a lot of songs that are just about places and addresses and all of my songs right now could be described as nostalgic. Mm -hmm. So they're less, um, they're less about 
how I'm feeling in a way that is, I don't know how to put it because they're, I feel like before, before now, a year ago, the songs that I was writing sound like they're coming from a different person. I can see that. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because I am changing or if it's because I'm growing up, but that's the theme in all these songs is growing up and being honest. And like, I mean, the lines in 23, like, you tell me that it gets better. I don't know what to think anymore. Let's just talk about the weather until I make it to 24. Like, just just getting by, just growing up. And anybody who's ever been 22, 23, 24 knows that this is a very distinct phase. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a phase where you're very much still becoming an adult and you're still becoming who you're supposed to be. We all are, but you know, you think of being 13 and that's a whole thing and then 17 and that's a whole thing and then on to the next one. So I feel like I'm in a whole other chapter and 23 embodies all of that. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I definitely you're one of the people that I've had on here that I've probably known the longest, actually. Probably, yeah. Because, um, yeah, but, yeah, I knew you through that time in your life. When did we even meet? How old were you? I think I was ju- maybe just turned... It was when I had just started really playing out. So it was about so 21. 21. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember messing with you about it. Mm-hmm. You were like, you're 21, you didn't go get drunk. Well, yeah, that too. I was like, you're old. You're going to die. You're old. You've already been through that and you don't drink anymore. (laughs) You learn your lesson. Yeah. Now watch me hurt. We talked about that. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, I saw what was coming. Mm -hmm, You knew. But I've never, I don't know, songwriting has steered me away from a lot of stuff for sure. And just being introverted and just being the type of person I am, I've. I've been able to dodge a lot of bullets, but also having older friends and having people, really, really good people in my life. Yeah, I was about to say, you've actually had, you've had a handful of really good people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I love Keel to death. He's such a sweetie. He is. Yeah. He's a good person. Yeah, and he should be here. I know. Jerk. I know. He should be here sitting here staring at me while I talk about my career and he should be bored and you know, he should be worshiping me. Yeah. That's what I want. He should be playing with Ben, securing his, yes. his spot as his favorite. <laughs> I'm Ben's favorite, and I just want you to say it on the air so that Keel can know. Ah, uh, yes. Say uh, it. For the listeners out there, say it. Say it. Benjamin is my dog. He's a 10-year-old yellow lab. And, uh, he loves me the most. That's a rough one say to say. It. Say it. Apparently. <laughs> He's under no duress. <laughs> he certainly loves Abigail more than he loves myself. Yes, that is very true. I like that. Yeah. That makes me feel special. The Thank older you. He Thank gets, you for saying that. Yes, you're very welcome. I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We've turned a corner. Ben's so good. He is. He's uh, He's got the best heart out of any, I don't know, living thing that I've ever come across on this planet so far. And uh, we've been through it all. <laughs> He's just so good. He's your buddy. And he does little tippy taps with his feet when he's excited. Oh, yeah. He does it all, man. <laughs> he gets the zoomies. That dog is incredible. He's so cute. He's a perfect reflection <laughs> of me. It's ridiculous. Uh, so cute. 
Yes, he's magic. He, you guys he's are magic little, on four legs. You you have the same amount of derp. I feel like I don't don't think you really. Certainly. <laughs> you do like it's hidden, mm-hmm. but it'll come out sometimes. I'm like what is that? Yeah. Oh yeah, I try to. Yeah, when I get behind a microphone, whenever mm-hmm. I, when I know that I've got to perform, mm-hmm. I try to turn. Like I'm on. I got turbo going in my head right now. Yeah. Like, as soon as we're done here, I'm just gonna like fall apart. I'm sure. No, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, whatever. I need food. I am hungry. I will say that. Um, uh oh. Getting hangry? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. It's coming. I'm it's sure. Coming. We'll get there. We'll hear your stomach growl in the mic. I hope not. That's why I'm leaning forward. I found that that helps to stop it. Mm, that's weird. It is. I ate a lot of bacon before I came over. I haven't had bacon in a while. Why? Because you're I'm, old? I'm old and I've been on a diet. Really? Yeah. I got to compete with you youngins. And try to stay pretty. Okay. Yeah, that's why, that's why I shaved my head to get rid of the flaws. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do look great, by the way. I gotta say. I appreciate I can tell it. you're living well. And I am trying to live ben. well. Yeah. Hanging out. That dude's looking good, too. He's showing He's off. He's trim, man. He's yeah. got his summer weight on. He looks good. He's like a golden, like a, like a golden playboy. <laughs> he is. He's running. He catches the ladies' eyes. He does. Caught my eye. I was like, Benjamin. I need to take him out and go hit the town together. Yes. Oh, my God. You'd pick up some chicks. Picking up some chicks. Picking up chicks. That's what it's all about. Chicks and dicks. That's the only reason I play music. <laughs> no, I get it. Okay. Could you edit out the part where I said chicks and dicks? <laughs> I don't think so. I think we have to have that in this episode. Hi, Mom. <laughs> oh, I missed your mom. She's such a nice lady. She should have come over, too. She should have. These are her overalls. <laughs> you know, I wondered. Yeah, these are hers. I didn't really bring any clothes. <laughs> Who needs them? Fair. Who thinks about clothes? Yeah, elements, sunburn. I'm above it. Won't and rise above it. <laughs> what was that from? The Jamaican bobsled team. What is that? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> rise above it. That was in. Uh, rise above it. Um, John Candy was in that movie. I don't know what any of this the means. Jamaican. Ah. You're just saying words at this point. <laughs> don't be friends with kids, guys. <laughs> They'll never understand. Yeah, you. it's creepy. <laughs> They'll never understand. Cool Runnings. The movie still Cool not, Runnings. They're still just words, Jared. I don't know. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we're winding down a little bit, or we're getting farther and farther away from the point. <laughs> That's what we do. Um, but let's talk about something. Do you have, before we kind of start heading towards the finish line, do you have anything that you want to talk about in regards of, like, do you have any advice Something that you would try to impart onto other songwriters. Um, I am starting to learn that the main thing you have to do in order to be a songwriter at all, not even a good songwriter, but just to write songs, is to be honest that's the main thing. And, you know, we were talking about journaling dark stuff or writing songs that you don't want to sing to anybody. <clears throat> and that's so important. Like, saying that stuff that is 
uncomfortable or makes you itch or makes you hate yourself or makes you hate someone else or confronting those demons, maybe even writing stories that aren't for you, that aren't you, that make you uncomfortable. Maybe, you know, delving into the depths of humanity, like to get philosophical, talking about the bad stuff, talking about the weird stuff, the uncomfortable stuff, burn it, write it down and burn it. Like it matters. It matters. It doesn't matter if you're writing about someone who isn't your partner and you're attracted to them, or you're writing about something that you did that you're really ashamed of, or writing about, you know, things that maybe you don't want out there. Write it down. Still write it. Don't shy away. Don't say, oh, this would offend someone. That does not matter. Like, and I'm a strong believer in the second part, burn it, (laughs) because you still have to be a functioning person and we still don't want to hurt the people we love. And there are truths that need to stay on a paper sometimes, you know, they need to be closed up. They need to be shut up. They need to be sent away. Yeah. Not everything is meant to be released into the world. Publicized. Not everybody needs to know everything, but Telling the truth and having a space where you can tell the truth is the single most important thing to me as a songwriter. And I would say that to anybody who's struggling with songwriting, because people will say like, this is turning out cheesy or this is, I don't, I just don't like this or I don't like that or I don't like, and it's like, well, is that what you wanted to say? Is that actually what you want to say? You know? And that's why I think me and you have such a hard time writing with other people because that brutal honesty is such a huge part of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just hard to do that with another soul around. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. I can, the, the way that I have found that I can co-write is if I'm in control of the story and mm-hmm. I'm in control of the narrative alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the musical aspect is easily enough. You know, I think anybody can write the music aspect with someone else. Mm-hmm. But as long as you have control of that message and that narrative, it can, that's the only time I've ever made it work. Yeah. That's probably where like it got hard for us. Cause it's neither of us is we're both, we both have our own messages mm-hmm. and we both have our own perspectives and our own thought process and our own rhythm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can get jazzy and sing soulfully the way you do, but it's still not ever going to be you and it's still my style is never going to be able to match yours or copy it like so I mean yeah yeah I dig it yeah so that's what I would say just be totally honest um also the second part of advice would just be live life you know coming from a 23 year old that's rich I know but when you are a person who is creative and you do have anxiety and you are either scared or intimidated or whatever it is, if you live life and you just absorb and take in, and I don't mean just read, like don't just sit there and observe, get in the situation, fall in love, get your heart broken, experience life, experience love and grief and loss and roller coasters and grocery shopping and getting a pet and the pet dying and getting a car and wrecking the car, experience life. And it's like, that really, really matters. Just sitting there and saying, I'm going to be a songwriter can only go so far. I agree. Yeah. I like that. 
it's been really cool to watch you over the last couple of years. It's weird. A lot has changed. A lot has changed. Yeah. But your 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 outlook is still the same. Mm-hmm. Whenever I talk to you as a young songwriter just getting started performing, mm-hmm. you knew mistakes were going to happen, like living life. You, yeah. But you were excited to make those mistakes. Yeah. And that, yeah, that fire and intensity has not gone away. And that's, no. it's awesome. It makes you one of my favorite people. Oh, shucks. Mm-hmm. It's going to make me blush, old man. That's right. Same here though. And you know, it's a, it's a cool thing to have friends that do the same thing and we can watch each other, not only grow as people, but grow creatively. It's crazy cool. It is. Yeah. It's neat. Neat. It's swell. Neato. Oh, man. I still, I think I've been trying to bring back swell for years. Swell. Anybody out there who hears this, let's bring back the word swell. Try to use that as often as you can because I've been trying for probably five or six years to no avail. Um, I want to tell you right now as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, harsh truths. Um, nobody's going to do that. <laughs> no, one, no one will ever do that. I get it. Some fights are worth fighting. <laughs> no. What? what is that? Never mind. This one isn't. This uh, one isn't. You do you, man. Yep. Live your best life. I will. You and Ben. Maybe Ben will say it. I can't wait to be like 85 years old. Swell. Still going to be doing it. We'll put it on back. your tombstone. It's coming back. He was swell. <laughs> Just you wait. It is coming back. Okay. All right. How can people find you? They can follow me around. They I can. I like that a lot. Um, binoculars. <laughs> yes, you know. I, I do. I do. That's my thing, man. Binoculars. Any kind. If you could leave me weird notes, mm. I love that. Um, dead birds. Yeah. It's great. Any horse heads. In sheets. That's my thing. Um, you got it. I don't know if you know, but that's from a movie. It's from, it's all right. Is so, it? Over your is head. It? Oh, <clears throat> anyway. Before my time. Yeah, before your time. That's okay. Um, no, I am playing a bit in Denver and I'm picking up more and more shows and I'm starting to really step out of my comfort zone and explore up there. And I aim to be back here all the time, you know, um, this music scene will always be near and dear to my heart. This yeah, is you can't leave us behind permanently. Well, I mean, you can eventually. Maybe. This is the only place people know who I am. <laughs> it's like four people. It feeds my ego. It makes me feel good. So I we have need, to We do back. need it. We do. That little bit of love that you guys give us is, mm-hmm. it goes a long way. Those, hit like, man. Mm-hmm. Hit those likes. Make me get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah. People vastly underestimate the power of just even one person digging your music and telling you that. Yeah. No, it's a big deal. It is. It's a big deal, but I don't know. So I've missed the songwriters around here. I missed, I missed you guys. Oh yeah. We're, yeah. It's a good scene. Good people. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of goofballs. Yeah. It's good. It's good people and a lot of great music here, but stepping out in Denver a bit. Um, I am playing 
around here, which is why I'm on the podcast, and this will be posted after the shows. It will, as it usually is. As it usually is. I always try to remind um, people, I'm like, well, it'll come out. It'll come out but, after. You know. But, but um, after, God forbid, nothing terrible happens, when this is posted, I should have, I will have been able to participate in Summer Breeze and do a song oh, there. Yes. So, uh, fingers crossed, knock on wood that that's going to be amazing. And um, I have shows September 1st at Ophelia's in Denver. I have a show the, the two days before, was August 30th, I think, at the Laughing Goat. <laughs> it's in Boulder. <laughs> no. What's that? <laughs> Were you at the Laughing Goat? That's how goats laugh, isn't it? <laughs> actually don't think it's funny at all <laughs> like laughing, really cynical yeah the laughing goes <laughs> mad <laughs> and then um uh city star brewing at the end of september i'll have a show and city star and laughing goat are going to be with sophia babb half of the annie oakley nice so i'm really excited about those ophelia's is full band i'm excited about that and then um i'm planning some releases coming up so nice yeah so i'm ready for that awesome is 23 gonna be in these releases yes um i'm planning to do a solo project and a band project and 23 is going to be on the solo project i'm shooting for something really simplistic and um that should be out before too long awesome yeah well you guys are gonna get a sneak peek at 23 and uh, I highly advise that you do listen to it. Um, it's a great song. I really enjoyed getting to record that today. Thank you. I and, appreciate uh, that. I think it's going to turn out really, really nice. So I'm excited to hear it. Yes. Yeah, I, have, I haven't been able to do much recording lately. I've been working a lot and with moving and all that. So I'm really excited to hear. And thank you for this opportunity. Hey, thank you. Yeah. All right. Well... Thank you guys for listening in today. And thank you again, Abigail, for coming and being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me hang out with Ben for so long. And you. <laughs> and you were here. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. present. I keep him around so that people will come. I get it. Dude is charismatic <laughs> as hell. He is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not good at like being charismatic myself, but I am <laughs> great at keeping charismatic people around. Like in the basement or? Yeah. Okay. Jacob's hanging around down there. I'll have to go say hi before I leave. Whatever. Um, if he's I, awake. Yeah. Let's go here. <clears throat> All right. Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us today. And please join us next time. And don't forget to stick around and listen to 23 after this. You guys are not going to want to miss it. Catch you next time. Somehow it didn't ring You wouldn't believe this day I've had You wouldn't believe this rain And we're talking about the weather now Whether we like it or not And we never used to talk about 
These inconsequential things So maybe I'm insecure And maybe I'm in my head And maybe I'm slamming doors on All the words that we left unsaid And maybe I'm sort of helpless And maybe I'll find my strength And maybe I'm being selfish Or maybe I'm 23 
Distorted on an answering machine. 